I was very proud of the church yeah. on Sunday for having that. Yeah. With volume, they memorized it. Yeah. Um, that was very. I didn't know how that was going to go. Yeah. You sometimes wonder how those things are going to land, and mm-hmm. so, but at both services, I was. It was loud. It was loud. Mm-hmm. It was loud and seemed accurate. It did seem accurate. Moment. I was. That was the most exciting part. Was the accuracy. Second service really struggled with the pacing of it, though. Wow. I think people were speaking the punctuation, mm. and others were not. Mm. There might have been some, you know, nervous anticipation. Yeah. So they just just burned right through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they did overall a good job. Yeah, they did. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> is that a new water bottle? It is. So for the longest time since 2016, 2017, I've had a gray, a charcoal gray hydro flask about the same size. And I took it on many adventures. We got there. 32 ounces? Uh, I think it's 20... 28. 26. 26? Yeah. And so, but I dropped it one too many times in the nozzle. Yeah. Um, got bent up and I could no longer get the lid on and it was leaking. And I was just like, ah, my friend, I'm sorry I failed you. My hope is to have something like this last for like 30 years and yeah. go on all my adventures. And then on my deathbed, I say... Son, I bequeath you my greatest possession. And he's like, your investments? And I'm like, no. Yeah. This thing. This (laughs) bacteria-ridden 45-year-old yet. I ain't never cleaned it. (laughs) I kept it special just for ye. So I was watching you drink earlier. Yeah. And you, you know, taking the lid off. And I was surprised at what what was underneath. Yeah. A very centrally located mouthpiece yeah that is not i assumed when you took that off that it was going to be the whole the whole of the just the this. canister yeah so it's two parts you see that so it's that for drinking but then if i can get this off oh my we're filling okay so boy pretty cool yeah yeah but it's cool because it has you can get different um like different tops and stuff to yeah it, you know Mouthpieces. Yeah, mouthpieces. So. so I've never cared for drinking out of metal. Mm. Do you notice that at all? No, no, that was actually Sarah's first question. Is like, does it taste metallic? I'm like, nope. Yeah. Well, I think that's a pretty well-known brand. Yeah. So it maybe. makes me think, like, I was telling Sarah, is like, I want this to last, like, you see, you know, some people still have, like, their 1970s Coleman uh Cooler. cooler, yeah, yeah. Those things are legit. I yeah. want one of those. Yeah, like a vintage looking Ele- electronicbay.com. Yeah, it's, it's, probably find one of those on there. Really? I would think so. No, oh, I, I guess so. It's I on guess the that's probably true. Yeah. Are you familiar with the internet? Uh I think. Okay, it's on computers. Is it? And phones. Ah, I'm not good with those. I think recently watches. <laughs> Probably. I think it's getting there. I think my brain is starting to boot up. Is it? <laughs> I'm getting there, man. Like the internet? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on dial having up. connectivity issues. <laughs> I am, dude. There's yeah. a lot of interference going on. Maybe we should reset your router. Oh. How do we do that? I, I don't know. I'm assuming. Well, let's talk gotta... about your favorite thing. What's my favorite thing? I don't know. I was hoping you would know. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what's happening today. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> All right. Um, should I, we should we welcome we could. people? Yeah. I'd we like probably to. should. I'd like to do that. Welcome to the Atrium, a Hope Christian Church podcast. I'm Jared, creative arts pastor here at Hope. And I am Neil, lead pastor here at Hope Christian Church. 
And this is episode... 19. 19. Isn't that nuts? It is. I had to practice math to be able to count that high. You've done it. In preparation for today. a fine job of that. I almost said 19. And I was like, "Ah, is that it? Or is it 19? And then I just kind of went out on a limb. I'm just going to go for it. And I said 19. It came out right. I would prefer, this is my preference, Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't speak German on the podcast. (laughs) Einsfien? This is episode 19. (laughs) This is the best episode. (laughs) Which also is not me speaking German. It's just English with a... Stereotypical accent. Horrible, yeah. Yeah, German accent. That's nice. That's cool. So, confession. Yeah. I have had um, Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, in my head for nearly 24 hours. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Well, you and I were talking about closing songs. Yes. (laughs) That's right. uh, For this coming week. Uh Uh-huh. And um, there was no song that that initially was jumping out at us as a good closing right. one. And I thought, well, let's just do something popular. And you suggested Christmas songs. Yeah. And then I went right to Rudolph. As you should. So for for nearly every hour, I've been yeah. going, you've got that. Like that all yeah. has just been Well, I remember the moment it first popped into your head because you said it. Yeah. So ever since then, it's just been in your head. In my head. Man, that's rough. I know. And I there are a few songs that could burn this out of my brain yeah um but then I, i'll have those stuck in my head yep um i find that bon jovi's living on a prayer will kick just about anything else out. oh well, it's it's a good one it's that that oh yeah it's that that moment mm-hmm. that, well it might be happening yeah hang on a second <laughs> yeah i'm good sweet That's i good. am immortal <laughs> So last That's good. last week, yeah, we got some feedback um, about the podcast, the initial opening of the podcast last week. Yeah, uh, you and I seem to be in a state of silliness that yes. has been is unprecedented for us typically so and, far. Yeah, yeah, so far, and um, we had had a conversation. We're talking about some type of kingly something, and I mentioned the show Highlander <laughs> from when uh, I was a kid, and that show's theme song, there was a lyric in the theme song that said, I am immortal, I have inside me blood of kings. Yeah. And uh, I think you had said something like, you know, I, is that a real song? Yes, yeah, a real song. And then I was like, I wonder who sang that, so I typed the lyric into mm-hmm. Google, and it turns out it was Queen, Yeah, the band Queen. And so I'm like, I didn't know Queen sung that song. And so we, I pulled it up. And as you were setting up cameras um, and making adjustments, that was just in the background. Yeah. Apparently planting the seed of silliness. Apparently. Yeah. It was a great, like, just a mental pump up song. It was. When those guitars come in with the bends, the double yeah. bends, and, you know, that, wah, wah, and mm-hmm. it just goes forever. Yeah. I thought, I'm ready to podcast. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's what we're missing today. And, uh, you know, I, I've i already shared with you, there's been limited sleep in our household this yeah. past week. Yeah, you guys get a sick household, are struggling. Right? Yeah. yeah, so um, I'm showing up here, and I'm thinking, man, I could really use the blood of kings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we get that. I don't know, some kind of transfusion. Electronicbay.com. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone selling, like, kingly blood? <laughs> I, I'm sure someone is. I feel like if you Google that, you'll get arrested somehow. Like, are you trafficking human blood? You'll sir? either get arrested or you'll get a very interesting invitation. 
That's that true. will come by way of Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Join our coven. <laughs> you're you're going to open up your front door and oh there's just going to be a giant, really long leather glove. Yeah. And it's going to have a note that says, put this on. And what, hold, what's going to happen when I put that you're on? You're going to put it on and hold your arm out. And then a Falcon oh, yeah, yeah. will land <laughs> on said leather glove. <laughs> With a with a note attached to its falcon collar, uh-huh. and then you open it up, and it's something along the lines of, "I understand you're looking for the blood of kings." And do you have to write back, or do you just say yes audibly? And I think you just speak out loud. Okay, yeah, and then the falcon receives that, flies off, uh-huh. and then somehow communicates that like, with uh, like. Probably flies down and says, "Hey, he said, yeah, he's looking either for either that, it. or I think some type of Morris code with its talons." Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, he said yes. He is yeah. looking for um, the blood of kings. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can podcast well. <laughs> wow. This sounds like a really cool movie. I want to see it. <laughs> so I've been working on this, and I'm kind of road testing this with you right now. It's working. <laughs> You're going to play the the part. Of the Falcon? Of, uh, no. <laughs> 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 yes. Caw, caw, Neil. Well, it's going to be a, an Andy Circus type of situation with. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm going to put you in a completely green spandex outfit with all kinds of. Oh my gosh. Electronic, you know, attachments. I'd be so to insecure you. about what that spandex suit would just show off about my body. Well, I've worn not green, but wrestling. I shared with you. Oh, yeah. That that's wrestling right. singlet just left nothing to the imagination. Oof. Yikes. Was not good. Nah. Very embarrassing, but yeah, we'll have you. We'll have you mime the Falcon. Perfect. So once you feel, I'd like you to do a little Falcon research. But once you're, what kind of accent do you think the Falcon would have? I don't know. I, I imagine English. English. Yeah. Like like British or like uh like yeah like British. Oh, okay. But like um, I'm picturing like a very wise Falcon. It's a Falcon. Yeah. Like an Alec Guinness, like almost an Obi Wan English yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not thinking like a uh, Monty Python silly no, British accent. No. no. Okay. Something wise and okay. maybe dragon like. Oh wow. Yeah. Maybe Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. He did play Smaug. Yeah. In- Michael Caine. Oh yeah. You could He's do got that. kind of like a little bit of that uh, that cockney thing going on in his accent doesn't a little bit yeah i guess he does yeah i don't know so maybe not that maybe maybe benedict oh there's nothing wrong with that i wasn't i wasn't interesting we'll 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 storyboard this this, yeah yeah, we'll work we'll workshop this This is really good yeah (laughs) should we we should all right all right it's time for our favorite segment meet and greet but up 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 so consistent 19 episodes later and it's still happening well no that wasn't the first episode we started it was, was it episode two that we started meet and greet? I think it was episode one. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember these things. It was so long ago. You yeah. Know? It was 20 weeks ago, nearly. Oh, man. Nearly 20 weeks ago. Nearly. Yeah. Do you know how young I was back then? You were, you were a kid. It, yeah. I was, was just so a many, child. So many dreams mm-hmm. that last week we found out and are all gone. Yeah. Because you just would like to live your life. Pay my bills. Enjoy your children and family and family and die, die. All, all for, for the, the glory, glory of god, god. Yeah. yeah that's, that's right it, yeah that's, it. that's my life yes. motto that's right <laughs> we let's get you some sleep yeah i've got <laughs> Just, like that thousand yard stare of a parent of a toddler who yeah. won't go to bed no <laughs> like, you're we can just 
we can get that cardboard cut out. Yeah. And just put <laughs> it perfect. there. <laughs> just like. You're right. <laughs> and then I'll just adjust like claymation. That's good. I, yeah. <laughs> that would take an incredible <laughs> amount of time. I Well, I'm willing to do that. <laughs> well, that's because you're a, a, a nice guy. There's plenty of couches here. There are. And I would, I'd like to give you a nap. You would just, you? You take that nap. Oh, man. Thank you. Yeah. I've done it. Well, I, oh, big I have no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that in my office. I'll go a time man. or two where I've been, yep. you know, when Henry had a lot of sleepless nights. Oh, yeah. Just come in here and try to get something done and be like, now I'm going to take a little 10 minute. Yeah. I don't nap well, though. Yeah. I found that I usually, when I nap, I wake up and feel like I've slipped into an alternate reality. Yeah. You, you know, I just, I, it's been a, I don't remember the last time I took a nap and I felt refreshed afterwards. Yeah. I feel, and I don't feel better. No, I just feel like more confused. Yeah. And I've lost that time. Yeah. You know, that's how it is on Sunday afternoons a lot. Like sometimes, you know, my body takes over and I do nap and it's, yeah. you know, I sit down on the couch or something and then all of a sudden I'm gone. Well, I have no control over that. That happened. But right. other times it's like, am I going to let myself nap or am I going to use my afternoon for something? Like sometimes I got to do yard work. Sometimes I got to, you know, and it's just. Yeah. So I, I did just, on Sunday, I came home and did yard work. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, it went fine. How's your grass looking these it's days? It's looking great. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming in very, very nicely. Nice. We've got some grass in the backyard. Do you do uh, striping or anything like that? I don't know. I don't do any of that. Yeah. I don't, I don't do fancy that stuff. I did bag because, you know, um, that was suggested to me. By, oh, was it? Yeah. Just because I'm having to leave it longer right now so that yeah. it, it's not, you know, doesn't burn out. Yeah. But yeah, I got home and I'm pretty tired after Sundays and, yeah. but, and they cut the grass and then, you know, um, the neighbor uh, came over and hung out for a little bit and their, cool. their kids were playing with Henry. And so yeah. I was chasing them around and pushing them on their scooters and about four o'clock hit. And I thought, I, I'm going to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> like my body was like, Hey, Hey, old fella. Yeah. Like dial it back. <laughs> like you need to calm down. A little yeah. bit. You're hopping around like a maniac. And so, um, I slept fairly, fairly well on Sunday That's good. night. That's good. But, good for you, man. So me great. great so this is our 19th. Yeah, I guess so. So my question for you is this. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's high in sermons. What <laughs> What restaurant gets you the most excited? Ooh. I think the restaurant that I consistently enjoy the most is Aladdin's. Yeah. It's Aladdin's. What's your order? Typically, I get the Jasmine's favorite, yeah. and I substitute Princess Jasmine. That's right, <laughs> um, and I substitute the um, brown rice with the vermicelli mm. in it, and I get um, their tawuk, which is their boneless, skinless chicken tenderloins yeah. that is just grilled to perfection and marinated, yeah, and sounds good. so it's just a, a bunch of chicken on a bed of rice. Yeah. And then I will indulge a little bit with their garlic sauce. Mm. And depending on my level of hunger, I'll start off with a uh, side salad, mm -hmm. which is their mixed greens with their salada yeah. in it and their Aladdin's house dressing. And it's just fantastic. Yeah. I, awesome. I, I, I fall into the trap of overeating mm. uh, with that sometimes yeah. because they give you a pile of pita. Right, and I'm eating this, and that I'm like, hummus is unbelievable. Yeah, Rachel and I will start off with hummus sometimes, yep. and I'd so say that's that's the restaurant that gets me most excited. Yep. Um, I really love that food. I love that genre of food. Yeah, and I also don't feel like absolute trash 
right. after I eat it. Yeah, I like Yard House. Yeah. Um, Yard House has a, a soup that I really like. Mm. The, the rest of their food is has always been good, but yeah. they've got this um, cheese based chicken tortilla soup that I love. Mm. But yeah, I think you know Joe's Deli yeah. is incredible. I love corned beef yeah. and big corned beef sandwiches, yeah. pizza shops, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. pizza, we typically order into the house. But yeah, yeah, if we're gonna go somewhere. I would. I think that that's one of my my favorite places to go and, great. and eat, and not again feel like garbage. And it's also reasonably priced. Yeah, Rachel. They we were there a couple of weeks ago, and Rachel got this uh, new kind of medley plate that they had, and it had um, their fried cauliflower mm. salad, uh, the brown rice, yeah, some chicken some hummus it just had all of it sounds so good it was like 11 bucks yeah and it was a ton of food like she couldn't mm. even finish it all it's great and that's like us that's like a five guys burger yeah like 11 dollars like a five oh yeah for sure we took the kids to five guys like i don't know it's in february so or january got the kids both a hot dog i got a burger sarah got a burger and we got a thing of fries to share yeah it was like 45 bucks, dude. I, I was blown away. I was like, dude, what the heck? Th these are hot dogs and a burger. Like, what? Yeah. It's... Like, sorry, but McDonald's is looking pretty good at that point. Oh, you yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, geez. I, I do crazy. like grilling burgers at home. I love gr I love I, grilling anything. I do, too. I love the grill. I love, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a charcoal purist. Yeah. You've heard sure. my yeah. spieling all about yeah. that. But, well, no, that's a good thing. Um. Yeah, I love, in fact, I was just telling Sarah the other day, I was like, you know what I'm really craving is like a good, like grilled burger, like a home grilled burger, like yeah. at a cookout kind of thing, you know? Fourth of the July smell, the burger, yeah. You guys doing anything? I don't know yet. We'll see. I'm sure fireworks will freak Addy out. Oh, yeah. And Too close to thunder. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a uh, ACDC song about that. Mm. Um, mm. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have a grill. I didn't bring it because we, we didn't have space for a grill. So I'm going to have to see if I can pick up a just a charcoal grill. Yeah, I just do the Weber, man. Just the kettle. And you can do everything you need okay. on there. You could grill. You can sear. You can smoke. I love smoking on that. I got the the four burner Weber grill. Yeah, um, those those things get crazy expensive. Oh, for sure. And yeah. this was this was like I don't know, it was like five hundred bucks for yeah. this for this grill, which is more than. You know, I mean, you can get a grill for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And I did that for like five years. I felt yeah. like, or, and I burned through three grills in five years because they just fell apart. They fell oh, apart. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should get something better quality. <laughs> <laughs> and it's lasted me, you know, I think I'm, this is my fourth season with that's it. That's great. Do you do a like a grill cover and stuff on it? I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's something I'll always do with my yeah. grills when I get the kettle. Like you wouldn't think about it, but it's just like, dude, it's gonna rust. It's gonna, you know, and it's now staying I outside. Haul it but... into the garage. Yeah, I was thinking that now that I've got a garage, I wonder if I'll just kind of grill out front yeah. out of the garage. Um, so yeah, that's that might we, be the most convenient thing. We've got a little patio in the back, and so we grill on the patio. But then when winter comes, I just yeah truck that thing through the grass and yeah. you know make room for it. Yeah, and it, Pre yeah. prepare room, prepare it. Yes, for the winter. Prepare, yes. I winterize the grill. Yeah, <laughs> so switch out all the gas. Yeah. And stuff. What yeah. about you? What's your favorite? What's your go-to restaurant? Man, that's a great question. So I'm glad you brought up Aladdin's. Aladdin's is definitely one of those for me. 
my, I always get the lamb rolled. It's just yeah, so good. And it it's got is. like that. I think it's like pickled beets or something. I don't know what it is. Turnips. Some, is it turnips? Yeah. yeah. It's pickled turnips. Oh, so incredible. Yeah. Just so good. I love that. Um, so I love, I love that at Aladdin's mm. and their hummus and pita is incredible. Last time we were there, they, uh, I was just like, we always get hummus, hummus and pita. I wonder if there's like a different starter oh, to yeah, try. Big time. Um, and they suggested something and I cannot remember the name of it for some reason, but it's the one with the grape leaves. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a name that I would instantly recognize, but I can't remember what it is right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, the grape leaves. Yeah, the wall. The wall? No, no, no. <laughs> no that's that? a. That's a. It's something. That's why, a holiday. Why are we Diwali? trying to use? <laughs> we're trying to use our brains. My brain is not working today. Yeah. So while you're doing that, I'll talk yeah. about my real favorite restaurant, though. Uh, I think, and I think Sarah would say the same thing for her. When we were in Texas, uh, one of the suburbs of Dallas is called McKinney, and okay. in McKinney is it's a square. McKinney Square with the courthouse right in the middle. Um, and in McKinney Square, there's a restaurant called Harvest. It's a uh, it's like a farm to table kind of restaurant. Okay. Everything's sourced within like 50 miles or whatever. And it is Diwali. Is it? D A W A L I. Oh, stuff yeah, I guess. I, yeah, that's it. Diwali. Interesting. Isn't there a holiday called Diwali? I think I think uh, this is coming from the office, right? This is our, Is that? I don't know if that's <laughs> real. Like, it might be. That's where all of my cultural information <laughs> comes from. <laughs> that can't be. It. Michael Scott didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. So Anyways, Harvest Harvest. It's yeah. called Harvest. It's it's incredible. They have fantastic food. Um they had these um yeah, I just everything they've ever had has been really good so diwali d-i-w-a-l-i is the is the festival but dawali dawali is grape leaves okay boy that's that's tricky well i ate those and those were they were good it was like rice and some stuff it was good yeah i liked it a little bit of that sour taste to Mm, it yeah i like that so anyways i got a couple like favorite restaurants so another favorite is called whiskey cake it's in plano uh texas yeah and uh they do this thing uh it's it's just goat cheese fondue um okay. and they bring you like these grilled uh like toasted pieces of bread and stuff and you just dip it in there and it's just incredible it's got mm. these roasted uh garlic cloves and stuff like the kind that you can just take and like spread like butter yeah oh it's so good yeah. that's in there and it's kind of like this oily goat cheese with olives and stuff and it's just amazing yeah so that's a good one. Anything um, Cleveland based? Cleveland based, yeah. I mean, yeah, Aladdin's, Aladdin's okay, is, yeah. is really good. I'm trying to think of some other restaurants like the Fev, of course. Okay, which we need to get back there. We haven't been since we moved back, and I yeah. we love that place. They're tots, man. They're tots. Yeah, they're good. Um, what are some other places that we really like here in? Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you heard of Applebee's? Oh, is that the they do a lot of honey and stuff, right? It's a small, it's yeah, it's a it's a, a mom and pop. It's a bee place, right? Yeah, like apple bees. It, every everything has honey in it or something. Honey and apples. Yeah, yeah. It's a really clever idea. Yeah. Um, a couple decided that they had a, a like a farm. Yeah, and a lot of apple trees, and they raised bees, and they yeah. started like mixing these things together, and apple honey and all that, and they started this little hole in the wall called Apple Bees. Mm. Known for their mozzarella sticks. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've heard they have uh, good. Uh, they do good chicken quesadilla. They do. Yeah, too. They have an, an apple honey Mexi ranch. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I've heard good. David's really into that. 
David is. All yeah. Davids. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone named David. Yeah. Isn't uh, Maxi Maxi Ranch. Maxi Ranch. <laughs> Maxi Ranch. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. What was that guy? Bill. Name? Bill. We used to obviously. <laughs> after yeah, it was after, after generation. After generation, yeah. which was this young adult ministry we were part of. We would all go to Applebee's. The one that used to be a Crocker. Yeah. What is that place now? What is it called? It's like some I don't know, some kind of other restaurant, right? Well, didn't they tear it down? Did they? Wasn't I there don't know. Fridays next to the Applebee's, and they tore the Applebee's down. And I don't know. There's a Starbucks there now. Am I making all this up? I, you might be, but I don't know. I I don't I'm know enough. It, it sounds it. legit. Yeah, and it's, now the Fridays is gone, and the Chick Fil A is there. No, Chick Fil A is over uh, across from McDonald's. On That's Detroit. where the Fridays used to be. Okay, there was a fri- uh, Fridays restaurant there. Well, the Applebee's the was straight across from like Cheesecake Factory across Crocker Road. Oh, that's right. So that that's Rosewood Grill now. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was something like red, yeah. like apples. Or in my mind, I was convinced that it was next to Fridays. Cherries, <laughs> <laughs> and they had torn it down. And <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. Well, the Applebee family, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, poor Bill. <laughs> poor Bill. <laughs> anyways, he was he was nice. Goodness gracious. So, um, so let's yeah. talk about Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday. So Sunday we continued in our King of Hearts series. Yeah. And we talked about a heart that fails. Yeah. And one of the interesting things that I found as I was studying for this particular sermon um, that was incredibly freeing was just almost like the absolute guarantee that we're gonna we're gonna blow it. Like yeah. we've got this conscience, and it is not the same as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And it's something that everybody gets. Yeah. And because of sin, this conscience is corrupt. Yeah. And I always knew the conscience was corrupt ever since I saw Pinocchio. Mm. Just like, dude. <laughs> Absolutely corrupt. You get your cultural information from the from the office, from the office, and then your theology from Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I learned all about the human heart. So, what are you, Baptist? No, uh, Pinocchian. Pinocchian. I'm a Pinocchian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie around me. <laughs> That's right. I can tell nobody's pulling my strings. <laughs> I got no strings on I me. Got, I'm no strings attached. <laughs> In sync. Check it out. It's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, what was what I was really excited to share um, with our church family, and I think is really re- relevant because I think a lot of us as Christians s- struggle in this area and fail in this area. And just from my experience in, in counseling people, people come in and they're just absolutely distraught at their sin. And in one sense, that's really, really good. We need to hate sin. We need to be... Um, just vehemently against it. We need to actively fight against it, not put ourselves in positions to sin. But that that idea of being completely just destroyed by your sin often leads to, it eventually ends up in this incapacitating ability to move on. Right, it's like you're paralyzed <clears throat> by the guilt and <clears throat> right. the memory of it. Right. You just can't seem to, and, and sometimes it's, you know, sin that was two months ago, sometimes it's sin that was 20 years ago, and they just yeah. can't seem to to move past it. And so I was excited to share this idea of, you know, being free from that guilt. That, that is not God's design. And I opened it up a little bit on Sunday, and we'll get to it a little bit more in August, of the difference between guilt and conviction. And they feel the same. But what really differentiates the two is 
step two, what happens when that feeling comes in? If the next step is shame, then you've got yourself a guilty conscience, and that's not what the Lord has for you. If um, and guilt often is uh, remorse is a, mm. is kind of that origin. You know, you feel remorse, then you kind of sense that guilt. Conviction is the same thing. You feel remorse over your sin, but then it leads to change. Actively taking steps to change behavior and move away from whatever that what that sin is. Yeah. And this has been so incredibly freeing for me in in my life because whether it's the sins of my past twenty years ago yeah. or things that I did, you know. Two weeks ago, I'm a person that will, I think, sometimes hold myself to a standard that God's not even holding me to, mm. and I'll become legalistic in my thinking, yeah. where it's like there's, it's almost like I'm working God out of, you know, grace and mercy, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be so good, I'm not even gonna need these things that you yeah. offer by way of the cross, and and that's silly, and so coming to terms with the fact that I am going to blow it, that when it comes to step one of sin, really the only thing I can do is make sure that I'm, you know, Philippians 4, rejoicing, asking God to help, focusing on the right things, not putting myself, making no provision for sin, not putting myself in a position to sin. But when the inevitable happens, when the breakdown happens, when that separation happens, when I'm dominated by that sin nature, Mm -hmm. then what I do next is absolutely pivotal. Because that will determine... I mean, it's it's the domino effect. It, it determines where I'm going to wind up landing. And I've had moments where it's like, oh my gosh, like I don't even feel. I was driving to church on Sunday. I told you this when we were sitting in the atrium because of you know um, the way that I spoke to Henry and Rachel. And I talked about it a little bit last night, and I didn't only hurt Henry's feelings; I hurt her feelings as mm. as well because Henry is her. <laughs> Henry's her everything, right? Yeah. And here I am, not being patient be sharp-tongued with him, and I'm not only hurting him, I'm hurting her, and so I needed to apologize to to her, um, you know, for that as as well, and, you know, confess that, but I was driving to church thinking, I gotta preach after this, like, I don't even feel like it, I really didn't even feel like it, and, you know, I was telling you, like, I just, I felt so filthy and gross and nasty, and the Lord was gracious um, in allowing that to happen in one sense because I was able to use that as an example, and I was flooded yeah. by parents after church just high-fiving me, just like, oh, man, me too. And yeah. so it was very relevant, at, yeah. but at the same time, that's just God being gracious. Like, the better thing would have been for that not to happen. Yeah. Um, so I was excited to share um, the differences between that indwelling of the Spirit, the conscience, how God extends common grace mm-hmm. um, through giving us that inner sense of right and wrong and how that's always going to make bad decisions. You see this in Romans 7 where Paul's talking about the things he doesn't want to do. And, and then yeah. who does he wind up blaming? But I've resigned that it's not me that's doing it. It's the sin in me. Well, why? It seems like a cop-out, like he's blaming the sin in him. And no, what he's doing is he's blaming his his conscience, that inner sense of right and wrong, that knows the right thing to do, does the wrong thing, mm. knows the wrong thing to do, and still does it. He understands that his nature is corrupt by sin, so his he's not able to carry out his good intentions and his goodwill because he's fighting the sin nature all the time. Right. And when you recognize that, then all of a sudden, when the indiscretion happens, it doesn't send you in the toilet. You're not mm. getting flushed down in this depressed state, feeling guilty. You're also not celebrating. And we need to be careful with this kind of language because we never want to abuse God's grace just because it's there and he's rich in grace and mercy doesn't mean that we can just, let's just go on sinning. Yeah. Paul addresses this. Right. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. No. So, but but getting to the place where 
you go, oh man, okay, my job is to confess and my job is to repent. Mm. And the cleansing portion through the through the blood of Christ, he, Hebrews nine, yep. um, which we went over on Sunday, he he's cleansing, he's purifying the conscience by way of his blood, and we get to realize those promises through it. So Sunday for me was um, really encouraging because these are things that the Lord has been teaching me in my own life, yeah. and to be able to communicate that to the body and to hopefully have people. F- like leave feeling freer yeah. and lighter, um, not at peace with sin, right? But just understanding, like that, like there's just so much to it. There's yeah. so much going on, and and we just will sometimes just beat ourselves up mm-hmm. for things, and we need to confess to the Lord, confess to others if that's what you need to do. You know, apologize to Rachel, apologize to Henry, and then repent, move in the other direction, and then move on. Yeah, just move on and get back to the business of what the Lord. Uh, wants us to be doing so uh for me it was very exciting to be able to share that and and i hope it was fruitful for other people as well um so today what we're going to do is we've got some uh, questions um unrelated to the king of hearts series king hearts series has only had a couple of questions in it it's a pretty self-explanatory series um, so we'll we'll start digging into these and hang hang on to your hats kiddos because we do have we do have some suggestions for said plant name. That's right. Look at him, waiting to be named. Chad was angry. Was he? That we received plant name suggestions. <laughs> Not angry. He was surprised. Oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. He's like, I can't believe people suggested <laughs> names. It's not like a gimmick. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> I said, well, how many did you, because I was like, I think we got nine name suggestions. He's like, really? That many? I can't believe that many people suggest and i go what would you have assumed he's said zero wow zero people well there's a reason why he hasn't been on the podcast yet (laughs) well he hasn't preached yet yeah he'll come well we'll see we're gonna make him sit on the plant we're gonna make him hold the plant hold the plant (laughs) just one leaf and call by name all right let's start digging in all right first question is this my public elementary school is having a scholastic book fair and i'm having some difficulty with a book that is for sale the selection of books, in my opinion, should be innocent, exciting, adventurous, and fun for kids. One book that is set out at eye level for kindergartners, which is K through five, or K through five, are in this elementary, is called "Moms Love Me." My, uh, my. my moms love me. I'm going to read that sentence again. One book that is set out at eye level for kindergartners is called "My Moms Love Me." This is specifically a celebration of the LGBTQ culture and same-sex marriage slash parenting. I personally do not feel that this is an appropriate book to be set out for children to freely page through and purchase. I have to bite my tongue because I just really want to say something, but I'm not sure that it is my place to do that. I teach in this school, and I do not wish to offend anyone or ruffle any feathers. Mm. How do I handle my feelings towards this? School is almost out. You may not get this question this week. The book fair goes through this Friday. If you cannot answer in this podcast, can you at least reply here? Well, guess what? We're answering on this podcast. Well, guess what? I answered this before their book fair. <laughs> so I got back to them directly. Oh, I didn't even look at the date. Yeah, yeah. So I got to the back to them right away. Well, but, that's good. Um, I asked if, um, you know, 
she, this individual had mentioned that we could use this for the podcast. And I thought that this was a great question and it came in to yeah. the podcast, but yeah. um, <laughs> for those that are- Yeah, you, now I'm looking at the date and I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you replied because- I did. I replied right cool. away and had uh, had conversation and yeah. I think got some resolve with this yeah. particular listener. But I still wanted to open this up a little bit because this, yeah. is, this is incredibly common. Yep. How do we- as faithful followers of Jesus Christ, exist in a world that has a sinful agenda. Mm-hmm. And and that's the reality. The yeah. world has a sinful agenda. And whether it's, you know, LGBTQ agenda, whether or not it's an agenda for abortion, whether mm-hmm. or not it's an agenda for, um, you know, the, the idea of... Um, polyamorous relationships and and, uh, sexuality. Mm -hmm. It's all sinful. So what are we supposed to do, particularly, particularly when we work for an organization that is on board? What month is this? It's the month of June. It is the month of June. And it is commonly known as Gay Pride Month. It is. And so I thought it'd be good to open this up now. Yeah. Because, for example, I'm at Planet Fitness right now. Yeah, working out, and yeah. on all their TVs, yeah, they're celebrating. They're celebrating pride. They're celebrating yeah. um, sin. Yep. And for the we've opened this up on the podcast before. I'm not sure. going to get into yeah. it now. Um, the homosexual lifestyle, same sex lifestyle, is a sinful lifestyle. Scriptures make it clear um, that that is sinful. Yeah. And if you want. You know, if you have questions on that, we'd, we'd be happy to open that up. We've opened that up on the podcast already. Yeah. Um, so I would go back and listen. I don't remember what episode that was, but yeah. we talked about it. So that's sinful. Yeah. So we're not arguing whether or not it's sinful, but what do we do when this is getting jammed down our throats? And it really is. Yeah. It really is. I don't I don't care if you shop on Amazon. I don't care if you go to Target. I don't care. I mean, uh, Rachel was telling me, and I haven't looked into this, so if this is, this is wrong, um, Rachel normally does a, a pretty good job, but she had heard that there is a same-sex couple in the new Buzz Lightyear movie. Yes, there is. And so, I mean, it it now, and this is what this uh, listener's concern. And now it's yeah. it's in our it's in our kids. Yeah. Now, and we all know how uh, malleable kids' brains are, right. and and how heavily influenced they are by what they see. I mean, we all are. Mm-hmm. We all are, but these are formative years. I oh, mean, if we're sure. talking kindergarten, K through K through five uh, in this elementary school. But yeah, um, this book fair is for, or um, the Scholastic book fair is for, which means kindergartners are going to see kindergartners. Yeah, Henry's going into kindergarten. Yeah, I have a kindergarten age child. Yeah, and he's going to see potentially to to moms to to dads same sex. So what are we supposed to do uh, with stuff like this? And I I emailed this person back, and what I'm going to share today um, is is that um, essentially, but I'm going to open this up a little bit more. And I want to start off by going to Scripture because Scripture really, obviously, it doesn't address the Scholastic Book Fair, but what Scripture does is it gives us, Paul gives us a great example. So the Corinthian church was a, a reprobate church. I mean, mm-hmm. they were very much dabbling in pagan practices. There were there was temple prostitution, sexual immorality. They were doing some bad stuff. That was their jam. Yeah. <laughs> like they were all about that that sexual immorality. Yeah. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 
I'll just start at verse 1. Paul writes, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. So we'll stop there for a second. But what Paul's saying is like, okay, so I'm hearing things that are happening in the church that that pagans, non non you know, Jesus believing people, non Yahweh, non yeah. I mean, just they're not even doing this stuff. Yeah, for not a, even tolerated. Like not, they wouldn't not, put up they with didn't it. Even put up with it. That's <laughs> right. It's not even tolerated among pagans. For a man has his father's wife. And you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. That's really complex. Oh boy. (laughs) We're going to skip over that today (laughs) because we don't want a nine hour podcast. That's, that's a really complex thing, but here's, I want to keep going because this is really important. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival not with old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And here we go. Here's the here's the really important part. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all, meaning the sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Since then... You would need to go out of the world. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is even an idolater, reveler, drunk or reviler, drunk, swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? For what do I have to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. This is this is crucial. Yeah. This is absolutely crucial for us when it comes to figuring out what do we do. So let's go back to our question. First two words, my public. My public elementary school is having a scholastic book fair. The public education system, public schools are not Christian schools. And we are living in a world where that public space is increasingly pushing the agenda of sin. The question becomes, what is our responsibility? And I think what often happens is we think our responsibility is to address the sin. So here we are, we've got this book and it's got uh, same-sex homosexual themes in it. So let's get this book out of here. But the horsepower that we have to say that or do that within the church comes from God's word. But a public school system doesn't care about the Bible. The issue with the public school system is that their foundation of truth is not the Bible. And so if we are going to do anything in the public school system, we have to look at fundamental change. 
The homosexuality thing, the abortion thing, these are secondary issues that are always going to be the byproduct of a person that does not subscribe to a Christian worldview. The public sector is always, always going to err on the side of sin. If they do something that is moral, and we just talked about this on Sunday, it's part of God's common grace who wrote those codes of morality on their heart to keep order to society, which is why, and I said this on Sunday, we all generally agree that murder is wrong. We don't all generally agree when it comes to sexuality. You have to remember Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 6 that no sin affects the body more than sexual sins, a sin you commit against your own body. And sex is a very difficult sin because it is completely sinful. I I should say sex is a very difficult um, act, action, because within certain categories, it is absolutely sinful and not even tolerated among pagans. But within the bounds of a marriage, it's encouraged. It's supposed to happen. So what you do, I think, in situations like this is, in, in, and this is what I uh, shared with this listener, um, if it were me, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say anything as it related to that book. And some of you might really disagree with that because it's like you got to go in there and you got to rescue these kids. They're going to get it from some other source. You can argue that issue, but odds are they're not going to budge. If you feel comfortable and at peace and you feel like the Lord is telling you to to do that, then I would never say don't, but I think what would be more beneficial is to figure out where where can I go, where's the origin of this? How can I communicate to whoever's in charge of, of this? How do I help them have a better understanding of where to get truth from? There's somebody making this decision. But again, your hands are going to be tied in that. So do you quit this job because this job um, is clearly in support? Or do you quit your job because you know, they're addressing, uh, you know, people by pronouns or they're sending out emails like, you know, so-and-so wants to be called they or them. And, you know, they, this person wants to be called he or him and, and it's a woman. And like, what, what do you do? Ultimately, that's between you and the Lord. But if all the Christians leave all the secular jobs, then who is going to be the ambassador for Christ? What Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is if you want to get away from the sexually immoral, you're, you're going to have to leave this world. My, I'm not telling you not to associate with them. In fact, it, it would be the opposite. Who, who did Jesus hang out with that the Pharisees hated? Prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> prostitutes. Sex workers. That's what prostitutes are. They are sex workers. They are the sexually immoral. And yes, he hung out with tax collectors who people also found to be vile. So yes, he hung out with the apostles and yes, he hung out with other people, but he didn't distance himself from the world as a means to pursue holiness. He inserted himself into the narrative of sinners to change the outcome of their story. Hmm. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus does. So in the language of books, since we're talking about books, we are to insert ourselves into the narrative of an organization in a reasonable way so as to change the outcome of the story. To argue a secondary issue 
uh, like homosexuality and abortion, that's probably not gonna that's probably not gonna end how you would want it to end. And that's not to say that the Lord can't do anything because we know that with man things are impossible, with God all things are possible. But the better thing to do would be to find find a way to whoever the individual is in charge of this to have a conversation about foundation of truth. Because if the Lord changes their heart, then those book selections change. And then it's a heart that has changed maybe for for eternity. Yeah. If you're a person that cannot work in an environment that does this and, and you have very strong convictions, again, who, who am I to say? Uh, that's between you and the Lord, and the Lord may have something else. But I would, I would caution people from booking it out of their secular jobs uh, to, because these secular jobs and organizations don't subscribe to the same worldview. Remember, we're to be salt and we're to be light. And so where do, when is light most needed? When it's, when it's dark. Yeah. When it's dark. And so I, I would caution. Um, you know, I, this person says, I have to bite my tongue because I really want to say something. I'm not sure it's my place to do that. And I'm not, I'm not sure it is either about those particular things. But you can always have a conversation with somebody about, you know, the foundation of truth. Um, and, you know, personally not feeling that this is an appropriate book to be set out for children. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't think our kids should be exposed to those things, but the reality is, is they are. They are exposed. They're going to be exposed. And I mean, it's finding its way into cartoons now, children's cartoons. So parents, you know, people that work in organizations, single people, married people, everybody's going to have to untie knots for other people because the world's going to keep tying knots, keep tying our our minds and the keep blending worlds between right and wrong. It's never, it's not going to get better. So when you think about how do you exist in this world, the prescription that Paul seems to give the Corinthian church, which I think is a good prescription for us is if this is in the church, if hope Christian church is having a scholastic book fair and we put out uh, the book, my mom's love me. Oh, now you've got something to do. Yeah. Now you now you speak. Yeah. You do it gently, you do it humbly, but you do it directly and you do it quickly. Um, there's no place for that in the church. That's yeah. what Paul's saying. Yeah. In the world, it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's absolutely gonna happen. Yeah. You got thoughts? Yeah, no, I thought that was really good. Yeah, it, it's a challenge. It's it's confusing. It's difficult to navigate, isn't it? There's so many cultural things going on right now, and like obviously this month puts it in our face. In a you know, in every year it seems like it's ramped up a little bit because oh, because sure. it's just changing so quickly. Yeah, um, you know, and so um, I think about this for for my kids. I think oh, about yeah. you know the yeah. world that they're going to be encountering, and our call as parents first and foremost i don't think is to go out and cleanse the world for our children but to prepare our children to teach them to train yep. them up and this is one of the things i know like we've talked about apologetics and stuff before of of you know what is its proper place in our life and what yeah. how do you use it as a tool and like this is one of the areas that um i see its value in preparing us to be able to encounter not to go out and argue necessarily you know obviously we're called to be ready to give an answer uh, for the hope we have, for the hope we have, and to do anyone it who asks exactly, yeah. and yeah. do it in love and respect, that kind of yeah. thing. But um, or gentleness and respect. But 
Um, that's I don't think that's first and foremost the reason why we invest ourselves into apologetics. And apologetics, again, is just defense of the faith. That's yeah. basically what it means. But it really comes down to understanding worldview. Yeah. Uh, and, and the first place that we start is understanding the worldview that Scripture provides us, the worldview of God's world, understanding how God's world is meant to, to work and what Scripture tells us about that. And it you know, the point is to be ready to hear those arguments that the world gives us through commercials, through books that are put in a scholastic school fair, um, the arguments that are going to be in the, and the messages that are being told to our children and preparing our children to be able to hear those and really analyze them and understand what they're saying and why it's, you know, what scripture has to say about those things. And so I think that's a huge thing of like, Hey, like, you know, we feel these, these really frustrating feelings that we don't know what to do with. Well, it's like, go home and 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 grow and learn and prepare yourself and prepare your children because you know the the world is what it is it's a world yeah. full of sinners who who you know they don't love Jesus they don't uh they don't love the bible they don't um you know and so um you know prepare yourself be ready um be ready to encounter those things so that you can you can handle you know so you're not just caught off guard by the feelings that pop up. You know, yeah. we've all been in that situation where you see something or talk to someone or someone says something to you and it just catches you off guard and you kind of get tunnel vision. You're just kind of like, uh, you know, your your brain turns off and you're just feeling like confused and yeah. frustrated, you know. So just kind of being ready, be, being, you know, being realistic about how the world is. Um, the other thing, and I think you raised this, is, you know, it it might not be your place to do anything specific about this specific situation other than kind of what you said, kind of figuring out, you know, do you have a relationship with the person who called the shots? Right. Can you have a conversation? Is there a conversation to be had there? You know, obviously, and you said this, you know, uh, you have to be um, mindful of your, of, of what the Lord is laying on your heart to do. Um, I think sometimes we can get almost like these big ideas of we're going to be the change yeah. and stuff. And and maybe the Lord's calling you to do something like that. But I, I feel like more often than not in scripture, we're called to be quite humble. Uh, and like you said, salt and light. And so I would, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily wrong, but I wouldn't, think that that's necessarily normative yeah maybe it is again i i, I don't want to bind anyone's conscience yeah. if the lord is really call, like hey here's an opportunity and i'm calling you to speak in this that's between you and the lord um i've used the language we're we're ambassadors not yeah. activists yeah um and so it's kind of finding that finding yeah. that line but there are there are steps forward as people in public life oh, you yeah. know you've got to vote there's town hall meetings there's there's ways to speak discuss to speak into these things yeah. that are provided for you and if you're feeling strongly about it, take every opportunity to do that gentleness respect yeah. in love um, remembering that you're a representative of Christ when you go and do those things. So you have to be really clear about how you communicate what you're feeling and you don't just come in and say, ah, this stuff is gross and it bothers me and it wasn't this way when I grew up. Yeah. Like you've got to come with good, um, clear, concise arguments that are logical and respectful. Um, be sure of what it is that you want to say, those kind of things. So, but again, it's, it's going to be different for every person and how they're called to respond. But like you said, I think there's a clear difference between how we react to sin publicly versus sin that's within the house of the Lord. Oh yeah. That's, that's the place where we're called to be like, Nope. Flip the tables. Yeah. Flip them. (laughs) Make a, make a whip out of your back hair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you do that with your back hair, with my back hair. (laughs) I say the same phrases a lot, and one of the phrases that I say all the time is we can't hold non-Christians to Christian standards. 
uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about lately is, is in regards to the world, particularly this month, is you've got this, um, you know, Jesus hanging on the cross. And, and I mean, they're, they're spitting on him. They're gambling for his clothes. And he looks down at him and he's like, oh, Lord, for, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. And they know not what they do because they, they don't have a relationship. And so when we see people that are making these decisions at, at, in organizations and in the public sector, instead of um, being filled with just um, judgment and a sense of justice, we need to be filled with compassion. Mm. We need to go, oh, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They, they, are, they are being governed by a corrupt conscience. They're enslaved to their sin. They're enslaved to their sin. They're yeah. not being governed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so along with that desire to you know, be just as it relates to God's word, we need to be filled with compassion yeah. for these people as well and, and try to find a genuine way to love and listen, yeah. listen to them, listen to their viewpoint. And we have to remember that it, as much as we want to be right mm -hmm. about things we need to move towards restoration restoration yeah. has to be the goal that's another thing i talk about a lot restoration has to be the goal restoring a right relationship between that individual and their creator needs to be the goal and that comes with compassion you know jesus had compassion on people clothe yourselves paul says with compassion mm. um so it's good to be it's good to be you know, uh, willing to fight in a sense. Yeah. Um, and even within the church, if you see a breakdown in the church, you still have to be clothed with compassion Yeah, and you still have to move towards restoration. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I know, I mean, we all know the stories of um, pastors, people that have worked in the church that have been caught in sexual sin yeah. and it is like they're out. They are gone. Yeah. And I, I'm not always so sure that, that's the right thing sure is to just recognize rebuke reject and remove right I, i'm not sure that that's the right move recognize their sin you rebuke lead them through repentance and then the next step should be looking for restoration yeah looking for restoration uh and if, but if you've got somebody that's unwilling to repent, unwilling to recognize, yeah. that's a different story. But, yeah. you know, I mean, if, if someone is caught in sin, those of you that are spiritual should gently restore, gently yeah. restore them. And so even, even in the church, what we've seen happen, I'm not so sure is the right way. I'm not sure that's the biblical response. Right. Matthew 18 is different. You go to them and you're like, stop doing that. And they're like, doing what? I'm fine. Take two or three others and you go back. Okay, we all think you should stop doing this. Yeah. Doing what? I'm, I'm fine. Okay, bring the church back. You should stop doing this. We all agree and the church agrees you should stop doing it. I'm fine. Right. Okay, now you're treated as a pagan or a tax collector. Now right. you're out. Right. But people that recognize, yeah. that receive the rebuke, yeah. that are repenting and right. moving towards towards you know doing the right thing, mm -hmm. I don't think that that disqualifies them for ministry for the rest of their their life. I don't think that that's um, now whether or not now whether or not it can be in the in the same role. Right. I don't know. A lot yeah. of that's not all. You should presume to be teachers because we know that those that teach will be judged more harshly. This is what the scriptures tell us. Well, what does that mean? Judged by who more harshly? God. Well, that didn't make any sense. 
because sin is sin. So God's going to judge us all according to our actions, and my sins aren't any more grievous than you know the layperson sitting down. We're going to be judged by other individuals more harshly. So whether or not a church could, you know, have a youth pastor that you know made a mistake or a lead pastor or an example that made a made a mistake, whether it's sexually or anything else, and then be able to sit under their spiritual authority, that that might be more of an issue for people than it is for for the Lord. And so the Lord would have to work all of that out, you know, through his design as well. Um, all that to say that I think that restoration, and there's nuance to all of it, and I don't want to make blanket statements, sure. but I think restoration is is something that is is lost in that. That is the byproduct of compassion. Yeah. When you're compassionate and, and you can can be with that person and labor with them and share in their burdens and make allowances for their faults. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden there's compassion and that is going to lead more towards restoration than that final rejection. But yeah. you have to have a person that's willing to work on those things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and you, I think the compassion component is key because I think a lot of the times we can come across these situations and just kind of, we don't realize it, but we're kind of pumped up a little bit. Like, ah, look at me, I've got it together. You don't know what, oh, you don't right. know what you've got going on. You, you're see you're wrong um but i'm a christian i know what's going on and yeah. i need to come and correct you and what does and jesus say like about that. that as it relates to two by fours and dust yeah <laughs> well the the thing about it is we get so prideful because we forget that that's exactly who we were you know right <laughs> we the only reason that we're not doing the same exact kind of things is because we've been saved you know by grace because the holy gra- spirit's you know. right taught you yeah and um it's not of yourself it's, exactly yeah. it's nothing you did so yeah. you kind of thinking you're better than someone else or whatever or having like these judgmental kind of things and it and, and it's not to say that you know when you say like we can't hold them to the sta- same standards that God's going to hold them to that standard. And that that's God's role. It's that's God's it role to judge. It's yeah. not ours. Right. Like, you know, exactly. So <laughs> right. um, purge the, let's see, God judges those outside. Exactly. Verse 13, God judges those yeah. outside. So just purge the evil among yeah. you within the church. Exactly. So don't worry about that component. It's not up to you. And then I would ask, like, why why are you hung up on that? Why do right. you want them to be judged for their, for their sin, for their evil? Why not? Why are you missing that compassion component where you where you hope to see them saved out of their sin and brought into the household of God, you know, just like you were. Yeah. Um, Spiritual pride and arrogance is a real thing. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, people will, and it, it, it pops up all, 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 I'm on a social media fast right now. Again, um, you know, I'm on and I'm off and I'm on and I'm off. And oh, so you think you're better than me, huh? That's what I'm trying to get. The spiritual pride, right? (laughs) Right. Because I'm a Christian, I'm on a social media fast right now. So. <laughs> um, so but social media is a is a place where spiritual pride is just, yeah. you know, we just we get it all right. We just lay our Bible out. We got our cup of coffee, and we just get yeah. the picture, and then we take the picture yeah. in Corinthians today. Yeah. You know, and it's just like what it's, you're bragging. Yeah. You show your stack of books or you yeah. whatever it is, and and some, oh no, that's you know evangelistic, and I understand perhaps I'm casting judgment, but there just seems to be. I mean, you can identify it. Can, by it can be, uh, you it know, be. I, it's one of those things where it's like, can I say in every situation that it's pride? Right. No, no, but right, it very easily could be. But we're also, you know, the appearance of evil. Right. So we need to be we need to be aware of that. Um, so. We talked about that a lot in the Grace series. But spiritual pride is a, is a real thing. But it's it's yeah. it's so dumb. Yeah. 
it's so dumb because if you have made progress in any area of life, it is because God has done that work in you. Yeah. It literally has nothing to do with you. It's like it's like really good looking people mm. that are prideful about their appearance. What yeah. did you do for that? Yeah. God God made you that way. Yeah. Your parents' DNA did that. Yeah. You didn't come out with these crystal clear blue eyes. You didn't do anything to to get those eyes or that yeah. that body. Like it's just or it's like being really good at woodworking or photography or yeah. guitar or math. Like you might have put in some work for those things. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe you you know, you worked on your your physique or maybe you were but it all comes from God. Yeah. And he can take it away. In yeah. Harvard, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's just the silly, it's the silliest thing. It yeah. makes no sense. So to be to cast judgment and look it down on other people because, yeah. because the Lord maybe has you down the road in a in a different place. Yeah. As far as sanctification goes on a particular topic. Mm. That's all his that's yeah. all his work. And these things take take time. Yeah. The his pacing, you and I talked about this as it related to baptism today. His pacing for people as it relates to baptism is 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 different. You know, yeah. we, we baptize people that have been Christians for thirty years. Yeah. But they didn't understand. So we're gonna yeah. sit there and say, Well, they didn't, you know, they they weren't gonna go up. Yeah, they died in, you know, year twenty. Yeah. They're going to hell because they weren't baptized. Yeah. No, that process of sanctification is a process. Yeah. And so he works those things out in his in his timing. Yeah. Um this is a great question. It's really good. Um, thank you so much for submitting that and for giving us permission to open this up on the podcast because I think this is something that's very relevant, yeah. um, particularly particularly this month. Yes, for sure. Well, we got another question, which is really fascinating. It is. Um, I think some of our listeners will find it fascinating as well. Let me find it. It's actually a multiple-part email that I have to find. Okay, here we go. Yeah, you got it. Here we go. Okay. I'm going to do it this way so I can actually read everything. All right. I was browsing. Hi, friends. Hi. I forgot that part. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. <laughs> I was browsing the old Facebook and came. Can we say ye old Facebook? Isn't ye old Facebook MySpace? Oh, there it is. There it is. That was good. <laughs> Uh, I was browsing the old Facebook and came across this thread with pictures attached and wanted your take on it. It seems so logical that I almost found myself believing it. Mm. Satan sure is crafty. What kind of response would you give to someone who thinks like this? I know you always preach to know God's word so we know what is truth and what is not. But you have someone validating God's word here. How do you handle this? Okay, yeah, this is super interesting. So here we go. Someone tweeted uh, and said this in multiple parts, said, I'm non-binary. How does this reconcile with the verse, quote, male and female, he created them, you may ask? The variety in God's creation emphasizes God's creativity as an artist. Genesis gives us several examples of this. God made day and night. This sounds like a binary similar to male and female, right? That isn't quite all we experience in 24 hours. Sunrises and sunsets do not fit into the binary of day or night. Yet God paints the skies with these two. On the second day, God separated the sky from the water. Seems like another binary. Yet the clouds hold water for us in the sky. The condensation and rain cycle refreshing our earth constantly. Uh, the sky separate from the water contains and releases water. God also said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. That isn't the full story either. Consider marshes, swamps, bogs, and fens, not fully land, not fully waters. There is such glorious variety in God's creation. 
we see another binary in the celestial bodies God made, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And then, almost as a footnote, and the stars. There is more than just sun and moon in outer space, planets, asteroids, black holes, supernova. Side note, these magnificent stars, hundreds of times more massive than our sun, as simple as that to God, quote, and the stars. I marvel, hallelujah. God created the great sea monsters and every winged bird of every kind, a split again between water and sky. Yet we see creatures like penguins that are definitely a winged bird, but do not fly and instead walk and swim. And finally, male and female, he created them. First off, intersex people exist, but, and perhaps more importantly, friends, look around, listen. Do you have friends or family that say they don't fall under male or female? If so, honor honor that. Does all this variety invalidate God as creator? Of course not. I believe that this instead is an example of how authors weave words to tell a story. We see the author in Genesis give examples of the extremes that God creates. It doesn't exclude the possibility of more. And so we worship the God of more, the God of the marsh, the penguin, the God of the sunrise, the cloud, the supernova, the God of the non-binary. You are loved. Yowza. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> I was just thinking as we're reading, I believe that this instead is an example of how authors weave words to tell a story. Well, they don't intend you to just completely ignore their words. <laughs> maybe there's intent in their words, but that's besides the point. So, or maybe not besides it, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot there. Oh, there's um, a whole lot. And if you're listening to this, you know, it might be um, helpful if you were looking at it, but I think the biggest mistake that an argument like this makes is it lumps people with the rest of God's creation. Right. And despite what certain people, certain groups might think, we were not created to be equal with everything else. Right. Genesis chapter 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and just to cover it all and over all the earth (laughs) and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, are God's workmanship. We're his masterpiece. We are uniquely created. We are not created like a penguin or a marsh or the sunset or the sunrise or the black hole or the stars. We are God's masterpiece the penguin was not created in god's image the marsh was not created in his image the black hole was not created in his image the sunset was not created we get the point you cannot this argument falls flat yeah because you are comparing apples and oranges yeah we are the very best of god's creation yeah we were created in his in his image and we are uniquely created. So where maybe a lot of Christians would want to go with something like this is to def, def, like go through their arguments and go, well, yeah. a marsh. 
Yeah. Well, what's the defini- definition of a marsh? It's a low-lying land where water collects. Okay, so so it is land. Okay, so it's flooded land. Yeah, but it's normally flat. Futile. Yeah. Waste of time. You cannot compare people to everything else. Yeah, yeah. We are set apart. Yeah. That's what we are. Yeah. When Jesus came and died on the cross, he did not die for the penguin. <laughs> Although all creation is groaning, right? Waiting for that time of Christ's right. return. And are animals going to be in heaven? Ask the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Submit a question. We'd love to open that up. Um, but Jesus did not die for the sins of the penguin. No. Or the sins of the duck-billed platypus. No. <laughs> That's not what he did. No. Right? He he's gonna redeem, he redeemed the world. He's gonna redeem the world, but we're yeah. getting a new a new earth. Yeah. So this type of argument falls for me under the category of good old fashioned Second Corinthians eleven. Oh, what verse is that? I think it is. Yeah, so I'll start in verse 12. Um, And what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission, they work on the same terms as we do. He's talking about um, Paul, once again, addressing the Corinthian church. Uh, For such men are false prophets, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostle of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. So this type of argument is Satan disguising himself, probably not Satan himself, he's not omnipresent, and I'm not sure he's showing up on Twitter with whoever this Father Nathan Monk is. <laughs> um, this is the powers of darkness, yeah. sin nature, disguising itself as an angel of light. Let's take scripture, yeah. let's take God's words, and let's twist it. Yep. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. What did Satan do with Adam and Eve? Took God's yeah. words and... Twisted him. Twisted him. What did what did he do? What did Satan do when he was in the wilderness with Jesus tempting him? He took God's words and twisted, twisted them. And so what is Father Nathan Monk doing in his Twitter feed? He's taking God's word and twisting them. That's, yeah. that's what it is. And so Satan sure is crafty. Yeah, that's what he does. And he's yeah. super good at his job. Yeah. He's, he's been doing it a long time. Long time. He's he's got the he's the tenth degree black belt of deception <laughs> and lies. Yeah. He's got a 10th degree black belt of lies. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's, he's trained. Yeah. He's trained in this yep. and he's crafty and he, he is out to devour and divide and destroy yep. and distract. Yeah. That's what he wants to do. So what kind of response would you give to someone who thinks like this? I, I would tell them that you are comparing something that if you want to use the Bible, then let's use the Bible. Yeah. And let's recognize that the Bible says that man has dominion over all these things. And if man has dominion over these things, and if man is God's workmanship, if man is created in the image of God, then that sets man apart. Yeah. And because man is set apart, you can't compare man to a marsh. Right. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You have to compare Apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Yep. I know you always preach to know God's word so we know what the truth is and what is not, but you have someone validating God's word here. How do you handle that? They're not validating God's word. They're twisting God's word. Right. That's good. That's that's the thing. 
to validate God's word is to validate the intent of God's word, yep. to validate the context of God's word. When we validate God's word, we are agreeing with the theology. This is a twisting of theology, and it's not me twisting an interpretation. It's me reading two uh, two more verses. Yeah, just read those two verses. Yep, and that sets man apart from from everything. Yeah, so this is good because this is the kind of stuff that's out in our world today. Speaking of apologetics, there it is. This is understanding worldview, understanding the worldview they're coming from, and I think you're you you kind of hit hit the nail on the head is this isn't a, a a version of reading scripture this is completely twisting scripture because it ignores the rest of scripture and puts a definition to this one passage that affirms your desired thing you know and you can do that with anything i remember um can't remember this guy's name, but he did these these comic strips that were kind of tongue in cheek, but also a little. There's a little bit of snark in there of taking common worldview arguments and stuff. Again, uh, Jim Davis of Garfield. <laughs> I hope it had something to do with Mondays and lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it was basically how to um, how to make scripture say that eating frogs is necessary for salvation or something. And and he does it. He he takes all these scriptures out of context and makes it happen. You can do it with anything. But the reality is is and I think you you kind of uh you point to this is the fact that this person betrays their utter um disrespect and disregard for for the truth of God's word in the way that they um are using it. Um like you said. And then also I think they betray their fundamental worldview is not a biblical one in that they, like you said, they equate humanity with the rest of creation, that mankind is just another creature, just like, uh, you know, penguins and anything else. We're no better. We're just another piece in this puzzle and that that's it. Well, scripture doesn't say that. And that's not me saying that arrogantly. It's, it's what scripture says is we're a distinct creation from the rest of creation. And not only that, you point this out, is that Jesus did not come and join himself to penguins. No. He didn't take on penguin flesh. It wasn't March of the... <laughs> he didn't he take on... He wasn't fighting Batman as <laughs> the penguin. Right. He didn't take... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He didn't take on tiger flesh. No. Uh, he took on human flesh and joined himself to humanity in, an, in a way that he has not taken back. He is forever joined to humanity. Uh, and so that's something to keep in mind. The other thing that I want to say, and this is just so simple, is that where in scripture did God lay down like, all right, well, here are the bounds for what I expect water to do. And if it does, if it goes outside that, those bounds, then it's considered it's no sin. no longer water yeah, it's, it's, or it's no longer know, land. Right? Yeah. It's like, no, he right. doesn't say that. Just like when you look out and you see like, I don't know, you can look up all the national geographic videos of like the leopard eating the antelope or whatever. And be like, that's sin. He just committed murder. And like, no, it's an animal eating another animal. And that's just the way a sinful world functions. But I don't think God's sitting up there like, I'm going to judge that leopard real good. Right. No, he's, he's not. <laughs> it's right. an animal. Uh, it, it's an animal without a rational soul without, you know, and that, that's the whole point is that we are distinct. Humans are distinct. And so to try and equate the two and use that as a linguistic argument for why um, you someone know, wants that binary a, right? yeah. fits with other binaries. And here's how that actually works. And if those work that way, then this binary in the same passage must work the same way. It's like, no, because all of scripture treats this binary completely different from those other ones. And then you can actually get into the argument about the bog or the, the you know, like you were saying. But yeah. 
all of that doesn't matter because at the forefront, it like you said, it falls flat. So sin, sin is an affront yeah. on the natural order of things, yeah. and the natural order of things is men are men, yeah. and women are women. Mm-hmm. That is the natural order of God's design. That is the original design. Yeah, um, it's always been interesting to me within that context as well. Uh, you know, as it relates to things like homosexuality and transgender, like the idea of survival of the fittest, right? Mm-hmm. Darwin, like a species has to survive. Yeah. Well, if men are with men and women are with women, a species cannot survive. They no. can't, they cannot procreate. No. So it can't be a, it can't be a nat, it can't even be a natural thing. Right. In my mind. Yeah. Um, and someone may argue that and they may, yeah. well, you're, th- you're finite in your thinking, but to me, I try to reduce things to the lowest common denominator. Sure. You know, can it, can it make, does it make sense? Yeah. To, and to take scripture, to twist it, to fit within a, I'll say, uh, Polaroid of where culture is right now, because it's what it is. Yeah. It's going to shift. So fast. It's going to shift again. Yep. Um, you know, we're going to see things trend and cycles trend and, yeah. you know, it may, it may get worse. It may get better for a little while. Yeah. Uh, not sure. Yeah. It's not up to us to decide. Yeah. So it's really important that we, you know, scour the scriptures and that we hold true to their, their original intent. But yeah, this was a great question. Yeah. And it's a, it's a category error. Yeah. Uh, it made me think of Romans one. I mean, we're going to come across yeah. arguments like this that on their face, almost like are so thought out that they seem like logical, but when you get down into it, it it's not, it's foolishness. And that's, you know, Romans one, you know, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. When we give ourselves, when, when God gives people over to their sin, it literally darkens our minds. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are not thinking <laughs> straight. You are not able to appeal to logic in the same way. You are not thinking logically because the only logical uh, thing that makes sense is that all things were created by God mm-hmm. and that all things are meant to point back to God. And so when we try and cut that and and create some other worldview, we're no longer able to think clearly about reality. Um, and so we shouldn't be surprised when we come across arguments like these that seem on their face to make sense. But when you get down into it, it's almost difficult to argue against because it doesn't make sense right. uh, sometimes. So anyways, yeah. Anyways, well, part of that common grace that the Lord extends to us is precisely what you see in Romans one is he's restraining sin, even yeah. in the atheist. Oh, sure. Right now, which is a part of that conscience, which is part of why society is what it is that we all once again, generally agree that murder is wrong. Right. Otherwise, if we got cut off in traffic, we would just go bonkers and berserk and eliminate yeah. the person that, you know, caused the grievance in, yes. in our life. So there's a restraint, and, and God can, in his wisdom, choose to remove that restraint. And what you see in Romans 1 is he gives them over to those yeah. things. And sin is sin is dark, and part of what Christ did is he set us free from from the bounds of the law in that we no longer had to observe the nuance of the law. He fulfilled the law, but we'd still live under the law, live under the law because he didn't come to eliminate the law. Right. So it's, you still should not murder. You still not should covet. You still right. should not all these things, but 
his grace comes in. And so we no longer have to make sacrifice for those indiscretions with the blood of goats and bulls and lambs and all of that. Christ was that final sacrifice. So he set us free from that. Christ has set us free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. And that's part of what we see here. Is yeah. This is an individual that is indulging because of their sin nature and the darkness of their heart and their deceptive heart, which we all have. Yeah. Um, but what the Holy Spirit does is gives us the desires of God's heart. Yeah. He lays those things on our heart. Yeah. And so they want to indulge the flesh. And so they'll give themselves over to that, that futile, futile thinking. Yeah. But yeah, great question. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time to, to read all that. And, uh, well, uh, those were some interesting questions. They were, they, they were today. longer answers today. So, yeah. um, we'll, we'll just, we'll just cover two questions. Stick with those two. Cause yeah. we have some important stuff to get to anyways. Well, pivotal. Yeah. It's, I would, I wouldn't say it's more important than what we just talked about. Oh no. But, uh, in a different way, very important in a very different way. <laughs> in a very different way. In, in <laughs> so d- talk about last week. What happened last week, and why are we about to do it? So last week, as we were ending the podcast, yeah. uh, we somehow happened upon discussing the plant, right? And uh, as one does, and the plant being perhaps the third uh, person ho- of host the podrinity of the podrinity. <laughs> <laughs> Right, which is complex. It is. It is complex. It's a hard doctrine. You it can't is, just is. talk about the, right. the eggshell, the we're, egg white. We're Padrinian, yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we thought almost in this odd moment together, should we name should we name the plant? And so we asked our listeners, we asked you the listeners, yeah. or listener. Listen. <laughs> Half a listener. Half a point. listener. <laughs> Make some suggestions for names. Yes. And Doggone it, Jared. They if, they came through. If we didn't get some suggestions for names. Now, I have not, we have not read these together. No. So what we're going to do in real time is try to find, is try to agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if yeah. we will. Maybe we will. I this don't know. might be the thing that breaks up the band. I hope not. I hope not. You ever try to name a band? Uh. Well, we have a, we have a, Notebook full of band names. We do. They're bad band Like names. a real band. Like, oh, a real band? Uh, yeah, it's difficult. It is. Yeah. It is. So we're going to we're gonna read these. Jerry's going to read these, and then we're going to let them marinate here. Mm. And then let's just uh, let's have an, a, an open, honest, transparent conversation. Okay. And if we don't like any of them. We reserve the right to we reserve not the like right. any of these. Yeah. We could reject them all. We and it's possible we may. maybe we give our listeners an F because no, don't do that. No, <laughs> we you, need you tried, but not good enough. Well, so. A for effort, A for effort, but okay. Yeah, I'm not saying that yet. I we haven't read them. Yeah, I'm just saying there's the possibility. I'm not gonna say anything. This. Anything's possible. All right, here we go. Suggestion <laughs> one. Suggestion <laughs> one. How about Arnold Schwarzenplant? <laughs> Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I like that one. That hey, one's good. I don't know, Schwartz and Plant. <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> Aminadab. Wow. What is that second one? Diarchion? <laughs> what Diar- is Diarchnan? Diarchnan? I don't know what that is. Well, it's difficult, so it's making me lean towards that one now. Vinny? Mm. Uh, would, would it be technically Vincent? Vi- or Viney. Or Viney. <laughs> Ooh. Vinny the Vine. Viney. That's good. Vinny uh, the Vine is the most gangster, like 30s gangster. Hey, it's Vinny the Vine. 
<laughs> hey, how you doing, okay? If you want any big time problems, I'm gonna send Vinny the Vine after you, all right? <laughs> I heard he uses a golf club. <laughs> That's right. He's uh, gonna make you eat those leaves. <laughs> Arimathea. Mm. P- Porthos? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't. Or, <laughs> I wouldn't say it too often, though. It, may, it may bring something to us. It, it may. If you say, you say it three times, three times. <laughs> he's here, <laughs> and he has gyros. <laughs> oh, maybe he should come. Maybe Porthos is a Greek delivery person. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Ah, what on the driver? <laughs> Am I turning into Watto? Ah, Nubian. Ah. Oh my gosh! That's Republic it. credits will do fine. No, they won't. <laughs> that's actually uh, that's one of the better impressions. I've oh, ever thanks, heard of. man. <laughs> In fact, you don't hear many people trying to do impressions of him. That was no. really good. The one name is Mother. Huh? <laughs> Annie. Annie. <laughs> Annie, it is you. <laughs> And last but not least, Costco Bassa, at least in this email. Costco Bassa. Costco yep. Bassa. Of course. I mean, Which that's, is delicious. That is delicious. And then uh, last but not least, Atrium Amigo. Mm. Man, what, what, so, so many options. Yeah, what do we got here? One, one two, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine. We got nine. Yeah. Nine. I don't know why the people names, like Isaac, that, that really gets me. That's, Isaac is just, yeah. That's, I like that this listener went, um, I just went all over the place. Yeah, so they were pulling from a lot of different yeah. uh, influences. Yeah. Very cultured listener this person is, which, I mean, of course they are. They're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts? <sighs> it's tough. It is tough. Um, there's something, oddly enough, that I like about Vinny. Yeah. Vinny the Vine for Vinny some the Vine <laughs> for some reason from Brooklyn. Well, based or is he on, from Yonkers? Based on the voice we did yeah. or the voice I did last week, you know <laughs> that's true. I, thought, yeah, I had a crazy dream. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you were already there. I am a non-fruit bearing tree, right? But all of a sudden, I look down on my left apples, on my right oranges. Man, apples and oranges. A little joke for you. There you go. Vinny the Vine. Vinny the Vine. It's Are we in agreement? I Vinny think, the Vine? Yeah, I think. I don't know. Vinny? Vinny? How you doing, guys? How you doing? Hey, leave there you go. me alone. <laughs> wow. Okay, there okay. we go. All oh, right. boy. All right. Well, it's a hot one out there. I guess we named it. Vinny, know, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> the third person of the podrinity. Yeah, these were all great. These were very good. And I'm tickled that people actually participated in our in our. I don't know what even to call it. The I don't know. Tom, I like tomfoolery. Said, I like that you said tickled. Tickle. <laughs> I am tickled. That's <laughs> like <laughs> I I am tickled and touched. People that say that bake pies all day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should go and bake a pie. I don't oh, know. Oh, sweetheart, I'm just tickled at Vinnie the Vine. Who isn't? Great. Yeah. Would you like a slice of pie? I would. What kind of pie? Ooh, what is your favorite pie? Uh, strawberry rhubarb. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. What's your favorite? Pumpkin? Pizza. Pizza pie. Pizza pie. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't answer everything standard, with pizza. Standard, you quiet your face. Um, st- yes, I think standard. I think we talked about this, right? Yeah, we I did. Like, I, I think a good apple. a long time ago. Yeah. So apple. Dutch apple. I thought you said you French do like silk. pumpkin pie, though. Love pumpkin yeah. pie. Okay. So I'm not, Evans, I'm not just making pie. something up. Really? Bob Evans? Yeah. Dude, Bob Evans. They're... Yeah, you really just go for some breakfast sausage right now. I don't like the patty, though, remember? I think I we've talked about this, too. Sausage links. You don't know how to eat it because it hurts your lips or something. <laughs> Burn, no. Burns your lips. <laughs> That's what you said. When I was little. 
I don't know. That's why he's. I, I had sensitive lips. Now, Vin, now. Vinny, review the tape. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't know how to eat sausage. <laughs> that's what he says. Yeah, this guy is a sausage-eating weirdo. Oh, okay, my. you can't gum it. You gotta use your teeth. Is that is that exactly what you said too? <laughs> Similar. Wowzers. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you just have that memory? I do. Wow, it's, it's upsetting. It is. It drives Rachel nuts. I think to look throughout <laughs> all of time and be able to remember all things. So Henry, you know, has got an incredible memory. Yeah, and he'll bring up stuff. He's five and a half now, and yeah. he'll bring up stuff and that he was doing at like two. Oh my! Yeah, and I'm like, I hope he doesn't remember a lot of stuff from when he was two. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's just like we were a lot looser back then, thinking that his memory hadn't kicked in. Well, you just <laughs> you, you, know? you speak more freely about yeah. stuff. Not that we're doing bad stuff or oh, saying no, bad no, stuff. But I'm thinking that right now with Addison, she's starting to be a little bit more aware. But I mean, you the know, kid's uh, been in like, the restroom with me a trillion times, and if he can remember things from two, I'm like, <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> like, there was a period where I was like, you know, Chipotle is really good. Yeah. <laughs> so now I got some explaining to do. <laughs> oh man. Well, oh thank my. you so much for the wonderful plant suggestion names. We're going to go ahead with Vinny, Vinny the Vine. Vinny the Vine. Are. And you know what? We? You know, there's a, uh, you know, Vine is a, it's a biblical thing, right? Yeah. Although, God, Jesus is the Vine. Jesus the branch. is the Vine. So, so you're not deity, Vinny. No, but you are kind of a Vine, not divine. Right. <laughs> Vinny, ooh, Vinny, you're so Vine. You're so Vine, you... I, blow my mind, I think. Ooh, Vinny. I think we need to stop. Now. Should, yeah. Should we? Should we tell them how they can submit their questions? We can. There might be more questions or less questions after this. I'm not sure. Yeah. Keep so. the keep the questions coming. They're uh, good. Literally nothing off limits. Yeah. Uh, we we love to dig yeah. into this stuff. Um, so if it's anything about anything about life, faith, you yeah. know, anything cultural, not math though. That's off limits. Not math. That's off limits. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to answer math questions. <laughs> right, we'll bring Zach in for the one math train questions. is going this direction. I think we have I think we could we can handle a math question with Zach. Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind algebra. Poof, I but don't, uh, I don't mind it. I, I don't mind it. Uh, All the pastors here have different skill sets outside of the ones that the Lord has blessed them with to serve in their ministry roles. So yeah. Yeah. Any question about anything, particularly faith, though? <laughs> <laughs> particularly, it can be other things. That's fine. Right. So, how do I ba- change a bike <laughs> tire? Right. Yeah. I don't know. My calves will not grow. <laughs> I genetically, I don't know if it's a problem. Am I, you know, what's the rep range that I need to do? Should I be taking creatine? Mm. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. All right. Cool. Well, <laughs> you can uh, submit your questions uh, by emailing us at podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text to 440 hope. Two, two, two. Was that Vinny the Vine? Hey, don't worry about it. Oh, wow. All right. I just just learned how to talk. Vinny the Vine, thank you so much for listening. Strange week. Thanks for being here. Strange. Uh, Pray for Jared that he gets sleep. Yes, pray deeply, please. (laughs) We'll see you guys. Bye.